So first of all, first of all, a big shkayach. First of all, shkayach to Jakey, because like he's he's taking everyone else. Meanwhile, meanwhile, nothing is happening without him. So first of all, shkayach to you. And uh, you know, anytime a person opens their home, for you didn't to come, Aleph. For you didn't to come and for bring together bays, to for bring together to hear some words of Torah, hopefully. It only brings Shefa Brach and Atzlacha to the home. So our collective tefillah for you and for the whole Chavra, for every single one of you, is that you should only see more Shefa and more Brach and more Nachas in your lives. But Gash, Misubruchni, Misubias, Gold, Sadat. That's the Yikr. That's the Yikr. So, you know, I'll tell you the truth. When, uh, when I first, uh, I can say that it's like I, I agreed. It's like it, there wasn't really much of a inner struggle about this, you know what I'm saying? But, but when I first uh, said yes, you know, when I, when I was asked, so it was for a shear. But then when I saw the flyer instead of for Brian, so I felt a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more, more uh, like at home. So when, when it's a, a shear is something that you have to, to shear. But if I bring in, you could say over secrets. So that's what I want to share with you tonight a little bit. The secret of Pesach, a little bit. At least one of the secrets of Pesach. You know, it's already Thursday night. It's already Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos HaGadol. So you know that Pesach is very much connected to Shabbos. On a, on a certain level, Pesach begins with Shabbos, with Shabbos HaGadol. Pesach is called Shabbos. So you know, it's interesting. The Pesach says, when it comes to Shabbos, Aisi Beini Ve'en Yisrael, Aisi La'olam, that Shabbos is a, is a sign for the whole world, Beini Ve'en Yisrael, between Hashem and the Jewish people. Kishesh Yisrael Mas Hashem, Mas Hashem Vesaret, that Hashem created the world in six, in six days and rested on the seventh. So you know, it says a word from the Rechaim HaKadosh. The Rechaim HaKadosh said that the meaning of the Pesach is like this. But there's two sides to Shabbos. There's the politically correct, where the, uh, the PR department, if anyone from the outside calls you and asks you, what's the name of Shabbos? The answer is, Hashem created the world in six days, rested on the seventh. But that's what you tell the Oilam. That's Oisi La Oilam. That's what you have to tell the world. But the truth of Shabbos is, it's Beine Vembene Yisrael. Shabbos is a secret. Shabbos is a site. Shabbos is a yichud between Hashem and the Jewish people. So there's what you have to tell the world on the outside to explain what's going on, but those that are in the inner circle, they know that this is a secret of Shabbos. If that's the truth with Shabbos, and that's also true with Pesach. What is Pesach? So there's the official, our official stance on what Pesach is, is that the Rabbanu took us out of Mitzrayim. And that's what we're celebrating. That's the Oisi L'Oilam. That's the official on the letterheads of Pesach, that's what it says, the day that we left Mitzrayim. But the truth of Pesach is a society, is a secret to Pesach. Everything about Pesach is about wine. We start with wine, we end with wine. Those, the secret of Pesach, there's a secret to Pesach. So that's what I want to share. And again, if it was a shir, I couldn't talk like that. But it's a and you could talk about secrets. So let's talk about for a few minutes, what's the secret of Pesach? Not the, again, not the official... Uh, PR side of Pesach, side. Okay, so let's go through a few questions first, and then we'll uh, hopefully Bez Hashem try to find an answer to them. <coughs> All right, so you know there's a Torah from Benachman, or Benachman writes in the Kutum Aran that it used to be, as Rabbi Nachman says, it used to be that the beginning was Pesach. The month of Nisan was the first of the months. That's that's technically the way it is. So all beginnings are from Pesach. But the truth is now, dot, dot, dot. 
doesn't say. There's a new beginning now before Mashiach comes. What is the new beginning? So he doesn't say. But the Messiah, the Messiah is, the way Renachim was saying, what he was trying to say is, is that it used to be Pesach is the beginning. But now before Mashiach comes, we have to reorient ourselves to realize that Purim is the beginning. And Pesach is really just, Pesach has to be seen as nothing more, not nothing more, but uh, as an expansion of what began with Purim. Nachman is a Torah over there that Purim turns into Parshish Parah, which is Mechan, it prepares the ways for, for Pesach. So that's question number one. And so if we're going to get to the secret of Pesach, so it has to be some way, in some way, an extension, an expansion of the territory of Purim. Okay, so that's question one. What does Purim and Pesach have to do with each other? Question number two, when it comes to the matzah, which is certainly the centerpiece of, of the Seder nowadays, so we know the Zohar Kodesh tells us two things about matzah, two names that matzah has in Kedusha Torah. One name is Michla de Meimusa. It's the food of faith, food of Amuna. You eat matzah, you're ingesting faith. Mechazik Amuna. That's one name of matzah. The other name of matzah is Michla de Misavasa, that it's a food of health, of refuah. There's some sickness, there's some illness that a person has, and only matzah is able to cure that illness, that sickness. Now, if these are the two names of matzah, then clearly they have what to do with each other. The sickness that a person might be afflicted by is the sickness of lack of amuna, and the healing of that sickness is itself amuna. So this is something different. We haven't, we've heard of amuna, we've heard of such a thing as a person, God forbid, doesn't have amuna, or doesn't, doesn't think they have amuna, but now we're being, but when it comes to Pesach, it's not just a matter of Amuna, it's an Amuna that heals a person. It's an Amuna that brings a person back to life, that brings Chiyas to a person. So what is that Nunakud of Amuna? What's the Chiddush of Amuna that Pesach brings to us, the secret of Amuna that Pesach brings, that that type of Amuna is a cure for a certain level of, of sickness, of, uh, of unhealthiness that a person had? That's question number two. Question number three. You're not gonna have to remember the questions, by the way. I mean, I'm gonna. That's why I have the piece of paper here, so I can remember. Yeah. Okay. So the third question is like this. We say on the seder night regarding matzah as well. Matzah zushan eichel shema. Right. So we all know why do you eat matzah. It's because when we left Mitzrayim, we would say kumlahachmitz, and you had to rush out, and therefore we weren't prepared to bring chametz. We brought matzah when we left Mitzrayim. Okay. So it's a well-known question. They ate matzah the night of Pesach when they were still in Mitzrayim before they left and didn't have time to make matzah. They were given a mitzvah to eat matzah, Berif Toichel matzah. They were given a mitzvah already preceding the whole exodus that they were given a mitzvah before Makis Bukharis to eat matzah. So, what are you asking? What's the answer? Okay, so that's a famous question, and there's a famous answer that's pretty straightforward. The Gemara tells us in Sachem that Pesach Mitzrayim, that first Yontif of Pesach, was the Chiddush. Although the yontif was for seven days, but the mitzvah of eating matzah and the iser of having chametz was only that first night. It was only that first day. It was only that first night. Which means that you're right. <clears throat> the first night of eating matzah, that was taka mitzvah from before, that preceded the exodus itself. But the fact that the next day, when they left Mitzrayim, they didn't have chametz and they had no choice but to have matzah and they left, that was not because they were commanded to have matzah and not to have chametz. Matzah and chametz, that Indian of Pesach already stopped that first night. And that's why we celebrate going forward. The reason why we have matzah forever is not to commemorate, it's not a connection, it's not really because of the, the first night that they had matzah. That, that was only for that particular night. Going forward, we have matzah because after that first night, 
when already at that time, they, at that, that Pesach Mitzrayim, they didn't have to have the Makbid not to have Chametz. And Afal came, the Matzav was in such a way that they didn't have Chametz because they couldn't prepare it and so on. That's why we eat Matzav. So we're eating Matzav not because of the Matzav they had. The, we eat Matzav the night of Pesach, not because of the Matzav they had the, the night of Pesach. We eat Matzav the night of Pesach because of the Matzav that they happened to have after the first night of Pesach. That's the way we say Magad. All right, so that's a Pella. That itself is a Pella. Why would the, why would the Matzah that we eat every single year of Pesach, the mitzvah we have Matzah, is not a zecher to the Matzah that they were commanded to eat that night as well. We're commanded to eat Matzah as a zecher to the Matzah that they didn't have to eat after the first night of Pesach. It happens to be, that's what turned out, that you didn't have any other chametz and so on. But our Matzah is a zecher to the, to the voluntary or the coincidental Matzah that they happened to have when they left Mitzrayim. And not a zecher to the actual chiyav matzah that they had the first night of Pesach. So that itself needs an explanation. Okay, so let's put all the questions to the side. Let's begin. You know, when it comes to Mitzrayim, so obviously when we think of Pesach, the gullus that the Jewish people were, were dealing with, were exiled in and taken out of, was gullus Mitzrayim. But the truth is, if we think about it, we investigate the Misa, the truth is there was a gullus within gullus that took place when it came to Mitzrayim. You know, Moshe Rabbeinu Chazal say, Moshe Rabbeinu Shokel connected Kal Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu is, if Kal Yisrael is on one side of the scale, Moshe Rabbeinu evens the scales. Moshe Rabbeinu is, is as Choshev as all of Kal Yisrael. He is the 600,000. Moshe Rabbeinu. So the Jewish people had a Golis in Mitzrayim, but Moshe Rabbeinu had a unique Golis. Because Moshe Rabbeinu spent 40 years in Midian, in the house of Yisrael, in the place of Midian. So what we see is an interesting phenomenon is that the Golas of the Jewish people in Mitzrayim was kiflaim, it was double. There was two dimensions to it. In the PR department would tell you that the Golas that we're, that we're celebrating the end of when it comes to Pesach is our release from Mitzrayim. But the site of Pesach is reflective, as we're going to speak, is reflective of a secret Golas that took place, which is not so obvious, which is the Golas of the Jewish people as Maishar Rabbeinu in the place of Midian. Now the truth is this Indian of there being sort of the surrounding Golis Mitzrayim, but the nucleus inside of it, there's some sort of deeper, mysterious Golis of Midian. Not only is that true with Klaus or with Moshe Rabbeinu, but we also see that going back to the original Golis Mitzrayim, which if you think about it, has its roots in Yezvat Tzadik, right? Yezvat Tzadik goes to Mitzrayim, and he's paving the way for the Jewish people to be in Golis Mitzrayim. The Pasuk says as follows, by the Mechiris Yezvat it says, Vayeshu lech alechem, Yisrael Tzadik is in the pit, right? And the brothers are sitting around eating bread. They pick up their eyes and they see that there's a caravan of Yishmaelim coming uh, with merchants and so on. And so the brothers say to each other, why should we kill our, why should we let his blood be spilled for nothing? Let's go sell him to the Yishmaelim. So the Pasuk goes on. So that caravan comes and all of a sudden they're not Yishmaelim. So the Pasuk now describes them as Midianim, people from Midian. And they pull Yosef out of the pit, and they sell him to these people. It's like, what are they? Yishmaelim, Midianim. So the Ramban, for example, it's Machlokas Rishon, Rashi, the Ramban, other Mepharshim, but uh, the Ramban, for example, the way the Ramban learns is very interesting. From a distance, they saw them as Yishmaelim. And the truth is, the, the reason why they thought they were Yishmaelim is because the derech of Yishmaelim was to go with these camels and so on. Just they, they looked like the whole matzah of these caravans, it looked like Yishmael. 
But says Ramban, but as they got closer, it became clear to them that in fact they're Midyanim. And they were being hired by Yishmaelim to bring the Schaira to Mitzrayim, but they were in fact Midyanim. And so what happens is then the Midyanim take Yisvat Tzadik and sell him to the house of Potiphar in Mitzrayim. So you see that the, the way in which Yisvat Tzadik descends to Mitzrayim, Bashkacha Pratis, it wasn't stamped from Yishmael and it wasn't just directly to Mitzrayim, it was through Midyan. Not only was the first initial point of contact between Yosef and Gullahs with Midian, and only from Midian could you then move into the more larger circle of Gullahs, which is Mitzrayim, but even Yosef Tzadik's exile in Mitzrayim, specifically in the house of Potiphar, according to the Zarah Kaddish, Potiphar himself was from Midian. Let me share with you uh, a Torah that we have. This is the, the first piece, well, one of the first pieces in the Zohar and Parshas Yisrael. So Rabbi Shimon over there was saying a Torah talking about Yisrael, it's Parshish Yisrael, and he's talking about, and he keeps on referring to Yisrael as Kayan Ayn, the priest of Ayn. He keeps on referring to him like that. So the Zarya says in the middle of the Torah, Amr Abba, Rababa, who was one of the Talmidim who recorded the, story, the teachings of Rabbi Shimon and the Zarya, he was, he was the author of the Zarya Kodesh. Amr Abba, Rababa said, Hakayan Ayn, like Siv, Rebbe, why do you keep on referring to Yisrael as Kayan Ayn? Kayan Ayn, that pasuk, that description of a person being the priest of Ayn, that's a description of Potiphar. Potiphar, at, when Yosef Tzadik is, is, is put in the position second to the king, and he marries the daughter of Potiphar, over there Potiphar is described as Kayan Ayn. So says Rav Abba to Rav Shimon, Kayan Ayn like Siv be Yisrael, Kayan Midyan Siv. Yisrael is called a Kayan Midyan. Why is, why is Rebbe calling him Kayan Ayn? Omar Leh, Reb Shimon said, Kulay ihu chad. It's all one. Kayin Midyan, Kayin Ayin, Sezel Bezach. The Kadmisa Chamoidi Yosef, not only is Ayin also a name that you could use to describe the country of Midyan, but Potiphar was Yisrael, says the Zarakadish. Reb Shimon said, Potiphar was Yisrael. Was it the same person, maybe a Gilgal, I'm not sure, but he says, Yisrael, Bekadmisa Chamoidi Yosef, Havain. In the beginning, Yisrael was the father-in-law of Yosef. His name is Potiphar. And Kain Ein Mikri. At that point in his life, he's called Kain Ein, but it is Yisrael. And then he becomes the father-in-law of Maisha Rabbeinu years later. Kain Midian, and then he's called Kain Midian. The Kulu but it's all one secret. Because the truth is, Maisha and Yosef also parallel each other. They also share the same storyline. So Yosef and Moshe both share the same storyline. They both descend into Mitzrayim. They are both Klal Yisrael on some level. And they both share this quality that although on the outside the, the larger Gullus is Mitzrayim, but the inner circle, the real Gullus in Pneumius is Gullus Midian. So Yosef is in Gullus Midian by the house of Petifar, which is Yisrael. And Moshe Rabbeinu also finds himself in the house of Yisrael, also in Gullus. So what's this ending over here? What is, uh, so we have to redefine for ourselves what Mitzrayim is. Because again, Pesach night when we celebrate Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, we have to realize that there's Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, but there's also Yitzhiyas Midyan. This Indian, by the way, of Moshe Rabbeinu having a strong shaykhis to the world of Midyan and, and his sort of personal redemption from the Golas of Midyan, we find this later on as well. The Pasuk says that all the way, you know, after Man Torah, if we think about it, the first nation to attack us was Amalek, right? But after Har Sinai, it was pretty quiet, you know, it was quiet for, for many, many years. There was no real attack from the nations of the world. Then there's all of a sudden this Osiris, this awakening of Balak and Bilam, Balak and Bilam, which we know according to the Zara Kaddish as well was a re-emerging and a reawakening of the Gullus of, of, the, of the tomb of Amalek, 
That's why it's well known that the middle letters of Bullock and Bilam spell Amalek. There was a source of Amalek. But then really the first nation, to, in a certain degree, to attack the Jewish people, maybe not in the way of Amalek in that uh, violent way, but in a, in a more subtle attack, was Midian, the Shei Midian, the women of Midian. That was the first attack. And more than that, the Rabbanu Shalom then says to Meish Rabbeinu, the whole Mice of Pinchas, Hashem says to Meish Rabbeinu, the Koim Nikmas Yisrael Me'es B'nei Midian, go take vengeance against, you know, take Nekama in my name against Midian, what they did. Then you'll pass away. In other words, the Shlemus of Meish Rabbeinu, the completion of Meish Rabbeinu is when he's able to conquer and completely break this Klippa that's called Midian. So the first time he emerges out of Midian to take the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim, that's the first uh, sort of release from that Golas. But the ultimate Shlemus of Moshe Rabbeinu is what? Is the breaking down of this Klippa of Midian to Nekayim Nikmas, to take that Nekama and to bring a full Gula to Klai Yisrael. So we have to uh, define for ourselves what is the Klippa of Mitzrayim. And what is the clip of Midian, and how do they sort of relate to each other? It seems that Kalah Yisrael cannot just directly fall into the Gulf of Mitzrayim. You can't go to that place. You have to sort of, there, there's a, you have to sort of ease your way in. Not, not that we should, but if Kalah Yisrael has to find themselves in the Gulf of Mitzrayim, they're eased into it by first experiencing Gulf Midian. And that's the Pneumis, that's the core of the Gulf. If you get out of Mitzrayim, but you still are connected with Midian, it's only a matter of time until you fall back in Mitzrayim. So the Icarus, you have to get out of Midian. So what's the difference between Mitzrayim and Midian? All right, so the Zara Kavish over there in that, uh, in that piece in the beginning of Parshas Yisrael. So the Zara Kavish says one line to describe a little bit the difference between, between uh, Mitzrayim and Midian. And the Zara Kavish has the following sentence. The Zara says that if you want to define what Golis Mitzrayim is, what the cleave of Mitzrayim is, Mitzrayim is called by the Zara Kavish Eishes Zenunim, Eishes Zenunim, which is a woman, uh, let's say, between husband and wife, that's, there's mamish, an unfaithfulness that takes place, mamish nos, eishes nunim. Whereas midyan is what's called by the Zarkadish based on a Pasuk in Mishlai, eishes medonim. Eishes medonim. Midyan comes to the word medonim, which means strife. Not chas v'shola mamish, uh, unfaithfulness, but a lack of shalom bias. A little bit of, uh, some friction, some friction. What does that mean? What does that mean? So let's understand. The Rabbanu Shalom describes us with, the, with, with himself as a chassin nikal, as we know. So, Rachel there is such a phenomenon of Eishas Nunim, which is, God forbid, a year that's completely unfaithful with the Rabbanu Shalom. And that's called Golis Mitzrayim. Golis Mitzrayim means, like, the, like Chazal say about what happened to the Jewish people in Mitzrayim, Mentha Sharitoma. And by the time of Kriyas Yamsov, what does the Pasuk describe us as? Chazal, in the, in the language of Chazal, the Malachim and Shemayim uh, raise the point, why are they being saved? Halolu Avdei Vadizara. Balolu Avdei Vadizara. They're all Avdei Vadizara. More than that, Chazal say that Kala Yisrael, even themselves were a little bit ashamed of their matziv. They said, why should we be deserved? All of Mitzrayim, the streets of Mitzrayim are flung with our Avdei So when you talk about Mitzrayim, the essence, the essence of Gaul's Mitzrayim is in a way of being unfaithful with the Rabbanu Shalom. The Rabbanu Shalom, the, 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 you know, it's, it's one thing when a guy doesn't take out the garbage, you know what I'm saying? But then there's another madrega of unfaithfulness. If a person, God forbid, is nechshol in muksa, right? Or is nechshol in other inyanin, okay, you didn't take out the garbage. You have to do tshuva for it. But avodizara is mamish eishas nun. Avodizara is mamish, uh, it's a breakdown of the yichud. 
instead of instead of being able to be faithful with the Rabbanu Shalom, is mamish a breakdown of that yichud, and you're going uh, straying after other places, after other people. That's mamish nos. But the truth is, the nature of such a breakdown of that yichud between us and the Rabbanu Shalom, it does it, it can't come from nothing. It can't come from nowhere. It can't come from nowhere. It has to start in a more subtle way. And the subtle and the subtlety of that rift of that divide that God forbid Lolena could eventually lead to Havad Dezar Mamesh, where there's a complete forgetfulness of the Rabbanu Shalom's existence in your life, it begins with what's called a ketata. It begins with Midyan. Because Midyan is what? Midyan is, there's no one that's unfaithful. The husband and wife are still chas, it's, uh, they're still happily married, but everything's fine. But there's some strife, there's some breakdown of Shalom bias. It's, it's a little bit imperfect. But from that Golas Midian, which in itself is a very subtle thing. So Mitzrayim, when Yosef Tzadik is, for example, traveling to Mitzrayim, as we all know, and that was Golas Midian, he was, by, he was being brought down by the Vinyanim, but Lamaisa was with Ketairas, it smelled very nice, so it was a Golas, but it wasn't so terrible. It wasn't so terrible. When Moshe Rabbeinu was in the house of Yisrael, he, he has married, he's, he's developing a family, Chazal even says such a thing, that... Bef- that the, for the first 80 years of Moshe Rabbeinu, the first 40 years in Mitzrayim, the next 40 years in Midian, those are the best years of his life in terms of pre-Har Sinai. So it wasn't such a bad Golas. But there's an Ebechin of Ketata. It's Ebechin of Eishas Medanim. There's some sort of rift, there's some sort of tumma, there's some sort of klipa that's being injected in the bias uh, between us and the Rabbani Shalom that left unchecked and left uncorrected and unrepaired could eventually lead Mamish, to unfaithfulness, to Eishas Nunim, to Golas Mitzrayim. So what is that Ketata? So what is that Ketata? So the Ketata is like this. The Ketata, the breakdown of Shalom Bayis, the Klip of Midian means, you get an example, you know, see some of the faces here are relatively young, right? So let's say, let's say you're dating, right? So let's say you're dating someone, and so you're going out with someone, and someone, uh, someone asks you, like, why, why do you say yes to this? Like, why do you go out? Why are you going out with this person? So, so you should have an answer, right? You should be able to say, like, you know why? Because my mother told me to, right? Or Shachan uh, impressioned me to do it. Or a little bit better, you know, on paper, it all makes sense. So there's, there's, there's explanations that you should have to why you're going out. And then at some point, the question is, why are you continuing to go out? So you better have an answer. But fast forward like 50 years, right? And it's like an old married couple together. If you ask the guy, so why are you still married? If he has an answer for you, that's a very big problem. Because at some point, the question itself is flawed. At some point, the question is, what do you mean? Why is this person, my, like, why did, I, why did I marry this person? I, I don't understand, like, because she's my wife. I'm, I'm, I'm not having the question. Like, if I ask you, like, why is that your right hand? Like, that's a ridiculous question. What do you mean, why is my right hand? It's my right hand. What does that mean? Like, wh- why, like why, why are you bald and fat, you know? So fat, I can say, because I eat too much bald. I don't know, it's just, that, that's, that's the mitzvah of who I am. What can I tell you? So why are you blonde? Why do you have black hair? Why are you 5'11 and not 6'5? Or why are you 6'5, not 5'11? What type of question is that? That's the mitzvah of who I am. Here's the question. Why did the Rabbani Shalom choose us? Why did the Rabbani Shalom choose us as an Amen You know what the Golas of Midian is? Is to think that there's an answer to that question and you have to 
give a response to the person that asked that. See, why was there Gauls Mitzrayim? Going all the way back, what was the Iker Siba? So according to Chazal, the Iker Siba of Gauls Mitzrayim was because Hashem said to Avram Avinu, Mamish, I've chosen you, you're unbelievable, you're going to be the beginning of the future. And the Rabbanu Shalom said, and therefore you're going to have Eretz Yisrael, it's going to be Gavaldik. What was Hashem, what was Avram Avinu's response? Hashem, Adnai, Bameh Shana. how do I know that I'm going to Yarish in Eretz Yisrael? In other words, Bameh Karishana Shana means, why are you choosing me? What is it about me? Just so I can make sure that I keep it up. And the Hashem says, yeah. You're going to have to go through Mitzrayim now. Well, what was such a big avla? You're telling me that, that, that you want to get married to me. You're telling me that you, want to, that you want to go into a partnership together. You want to build something together. You want to go into business together. So there's got to be a reason. So I want to know to make sure that I always, that I always live up to that standard. No, that's a very fair point. That's that's chitzonius. That's chitzonius. Because as soon as there is a possibility, let's understand. As soon as these two people think about each other, is that I, it could have been someone else. It could have been someone else. It happens to be it's you because of your particular milas. That's the beginning of the end. That's the beginning that that could possibly lead to Asia's nunim. Because already it means there's a theoretical possibility of there could have been a different outcome. It could have been someone else. Why you have Ramavina? Why you? If the answer is, oh, because your mom is a big tzaddik and you always serve me, you're Makar of the whole world to me, then it didn't have to be Avram. Then it could have been someone else. And if it could have been someone else, it means it's not a full yichud. You understand? Then it's not your right hand. It's not your right hand. It's your car. It's your house. It's your pet dog. It's your table. It's your chair. It's the type of jacket that you like. It doesn't have to be. It could be something else. So right now, why do you like that particular, you know, uh, style coat? Because there's something about it that appeals to me. Did it have to be like that? Lavdavka. Does it have to remain like that? No. As long as the, as the jacket continues like this, and as long as the world thinks of it as, as looking cool, I'll continue wearing it. But it doesn't have to be. As long as there's a particular reason for this yichud, for this relationship between you, between Hashem and Avram Avinu, as long as there's a reason for it, and there's a particular seba to it, it means that it's not be'etzim, you understand? In the language of the Maral, it means that it's a mikra ba'alma. It's a, co- what do I mean, mikra, mikra means, uh, it's translated as coincidence. It means it doesn't have to be. This, the situation works out in such that I've chosen Avram Avinu. That itself breeds midyan. That itself is the cleap of midyan. That's not, see, the, the, the subtlety of a breakdown of Shalom Bayis is the very, the very thought that the person has, which is like, if I knew this, would I have said yes? <laughs> the, the question itself already means that there's something to work on. It means it's not your right hand. You think to yourself, why, why, why am I a yid? Why did the Rabbanu Shem choose me? Because the, the very fact that such a question can be asked already means that there's something unhealthy there. The Rabbanu Shomer's response to Avram Avinu's question of Me'a'eda is you have to now go through the catharsis of Mitzrayim. You have to go through the Gulf Mitzrayim to get that narishkeit out of your head. What is the result of Gulf Mitzrayim? The, the, the tikkun of Gulf Mitzrayim is for the Jewish people to realize that they can descend into four nine levels of impurity. They can go all the way mamish to the point of where they're bigger, oivdei avodizar, than Mitzrayim themselves. 
goyim ikerav goy, they could be completely enmeshed in Tumas Mitzrayim, and afal pikein, they're chosen by the Rabbanu Shalom. Why? Don't ask why. It's a mitzias. It's a mitzias. It's an essence. It's a mitzias. Let's understand. This is ultimately why Pesach is an extension of Purim. You see, everyone knows what's Purim about. Purim is about overcoming the klipa of Amalek. What's the klipa of Amalek? Amalek is the klipa of Mikra, of coincidence. But there is a general klipa of Amalek, and the general klipa of Amalek is everything is a coincidence. So there's no creator. Your, everything in your life is being governed by coincidence. It's all a Mikra ba'alma. Baruch Hashem comes Purim, Mordechai and Esther, and they conquer, they defeat Amalek, Yeshu Benun defeats Amalek, and therefore none of us fall to that mistake of thinking that life is a coincidence, we're just, it's just chance, we're just floating piece of dust throughout the universe. But let's understand, but Amalek then comes, and Amalek has a much more subtle and a more sophisticated way of poisoning us with that klipa that's called Mikra. And what is that klipa? That klipa is midyan, which is, no, it's taka, true. The creation is not a coincidence. And what's going on in your life is not a coincidence. But be'etzem, it is a coincidence that you're a yid. It's be'etzem, a coincidence, that Avram Avin was chosen. It didn't have to be. It could have been someone else. And this is exactly why, for example, Yisrael, who is the first ger, the first convert, comes from midyan. Why? Because, let's understand, the, 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 the Indian of a ger is this mentality in Kedusha. Because what does it mean to be Magair? Nibi Magair is that I could also be a Yid. The Rabbanu Shalom chose Avram Avinu, I could also be chosen. And that's a good thing when it's going through the process of Geras and it's Mevara and it's Megala that you always were a Yid. But this is why Moshe Rabbeinu has to find himself in Midian to break that klipa. For what? For a Yisroi to realize that with all of his avoides and all of his madregas and all of his precious and all of his unbelievable muna, he the only way he could have a shaykhis to Rabbanu Shalom in Pneumius is if he is able to somehow reveal that he always was a Yid. That's what Geras is. This is ultimately the Pneumius of Maish Rabbeinu. The role of Maish Rabbeinu, see, see in Parshas Ve'era, for example, the beginning of, of the Gula, when everything begins to unfold, the Rabbanu Shalom is mocked him. He, 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 he begins, sort of, he introduces the process of Gals Mitzrayim with comparing and contrasting the Ovis with Maish Rabbeinu. Ve'era la'avram l'isla Yaakov b'kel shakai. The Ta'avis HaKtoshim, the Rabbanu Shalom says, I revealed myself with the name Kel Shakai, Ushmi Havaya Lenidati Lehem. But the name Yud Kevavke, that's unique to you, Moshe Rabbeinu. What, what's that, what is that doing over there? As Rashi says, it's a response, it's giving Moshe Rabbeinu a little Musr. But the Pneumius of that is that we know that the, the whole Gulas Mitzrayim is revolving on Shemus HaKtoshim, right? Moshe Rabbeinu says to the Rabbanu Shalom, I'm going to take the Yidin out, they're going to ask what your name is. What's the difference between Hashem Yisbarach is saying that I had a certain way of interacting with Avas Haktoshim in a way of Kel Shakai. But with you, it's a different Mechina. With Maisha Rabbeinu, it's a way of Havai. What's the difference? Kel Shakai, without getting into the Pratim, Kel Shakai means, Kel Shakai means a relationship of creator versus created. And that means that as a created entity, you have to show yourself worthy. You have to prove yourself of why you should be connected, why you should come in partnership with the Bayre. There's the, he's the Bayre, you're the Nivra. Chazal say, Shaka means, Shomer Lelamidai. Kel is Chesed, Kel Kol the world was created, Oilam Chesed, Yibana. Kel Shaka means, the Rabbanishman is the creator, you're the created. So already there's a disconnect. There's already a disconnect. Now that there's a disconnect, and you want to come on board and partner with me to accomplish something in this world that I created, okay, let's see your credentials. 
that's Eirel Avram, and that's what allowed the process of Mitzrayim, that, that's what allowed the possibility of Mitzrayim. But Me'eda, the question itself, was already the clip of Midian. It was already the clip of Amalek. That's why, by the way, the question of Me'eda takes place after Avram Avinu conquers the four kings. Right? The whole mice of the four and the five kings. Four kings conquer the five kings, and Avram Avinu conquers the four kings. And then, all of a sudden, there's, the Rabbanu Shalom says to Avram Avinu, the whole promise of Eretz Yisrael, and Avram Avinu says, Why Dafka then? So Nachman says that the four kings, Chazal say that the four kings are the root of the four exiles that would eventually be. Says Rabbi Nachman, if, if in that case, then the four kings can be seen as Amalek. Because Amalek is the beginning of all the nations. Reish is going Amalek. And so of all exiles, which is basically all the nations we ever have to deal with, in their root form, in their racist form, were the four kings. So that means it's Amalek. So what happens? So Avraham Avinu conquers Amalek. And he conquers and he destroys that Tumma, that Klippa, that mistake of everything's a Mikra. But then what Amalek does is that Amalek then puts on a different Lavush. And Amalek then brings to the forefront a new, a new more subtle Mikra, a new, a new subtle Klippa of coincidence. And that is Midyan. This is why you'll find throughout Tanakh, it's a, it's a klal in Tanakh, that whenever you have Amalek, Amalek always is connected with Midian. For example, when Balak, when, when Bilaam is giving uh, prophecies about the nations of the world after the whole thing of the brachas, so he begins, Vayisim Meshali Vayoymer, he begins to say Meshalom, he begins to say Nevuas about the nations of the world, and he looks at Amalek, and he says that Pasuk, Gracious going Amalek, Vayachrisa and then the next thing, the next Pasuk, he says, Vayar Sakeni, he begins to talk about Midian, the Yisrael that comes from Midian. Midian always is the first hispashtas. It's when, when you're able to, 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 to um, conquer or to overcome the obvious Amalek, the more subtle Amalek is Midian. After Avraham Avinu conquers the obvious Amalek of the four kings, now Amalek surfaces once again in that subtle klipa of Bamei the Karishana. And that, is, that itself results in Gauls Mitzrayim. And Moshe Rabbeinu's life's mission in this world is to change the Jewish people's perspective. Instead of thinking of yourself as a nivra, as a created entity, that now you have to prove yourself worthy to your bairei. Ve'er la'avron l'itzel b'kel sh'akai. Moshe Rabbeinu means havaya. Moshe Rabbeinu means the one that is. That's the title of Yud Kivavke. Yud means the one that is. Which means that if the question ever is asked to you, why does the Rabbana Shalom love you? Why are you connected to, to Yiddishkeit? Why are you a Yid? The answer is, Havaya. I, I don't understand the question. I don't understand the question. This is what it means, Pesach, the, the secret of Pesach. The Pneumius of Pesach is not the exodus of Mitzrayim. The Pneumius of Pesach is the exodus from Midian. And the exodus of Midian means that the very question, the very thought of my relation with Rabbi Shalom being something that could have been different. It, it, it could have been something else. It could have been a different nation. It could have been a different person. I could have been not chosen. The very question itself is a klip, is a tumma, is a katata, that Midian, that Amalek on the disguise of Midian is trying to infiltrate to eventually bring you to Mitzrayim. And that's what, Go, that's what Gulus Mitzrayim is about. Gulus Mitzrayim is about trying to overcome and to take that away. That's why matzah, it's brought down this farm, the, the word matzah comes from the word matzah mariva. The word matzah means conflict. It means conflict. Because what matzah is coming to do is to, be, is to cure that sickness of matzah mariva, of ketata, of that breakdown, of that 
little subtle conflict, that subtle question of like, oh, if I knew that, would I have said yes? Like, I could have been, I could have married someone, I could have gone into business with someone, I could have had someone else, I could have done differently. Things, there could have been an alternate uh, universe where I married, where, where I had a relationship with someone. All of these in Yonim, that's what matzah comes to be misaking. This is what it means that matzah is mechud is a bread of, of, of amuna and the bread of healing. What amuna is matzah coming to bring us that we didn't already have? We already had amuna, there's a bayre. Chazal already tells in Mitzrayim, the Jewish people, every Shabbos would gather together their families and remind themselves of the Ovis, they remind themselves of the Amuna of Kla Yisrael, that the Rabbanu Shalom created the world, he brought us to Mitzrayim, he's going to take us out. So all that stuff was already taking place, which means that if you believe in a Bayre, of course the Rabbanu Shalom could theoretically make miracles. So the actual Nisim and Eflois of, of, of Pesach is really not such a big Chiddush. Kla Yisrael had that Amuna. So what is the Michla de Musa? The Amuna that, that Matzah comes to bring is the Amuna that there is no other possibility other than Kla Yisrael. There is no other possibility other than Avram Avinu. And the very fact that it seems to us that Avram Avinu, through his efforts and through his ishtadlis and through his, his, pos- his positive choices in life, he earned the right to be chosen. All of that is just a facade, it's all chitzainius, and it has to be completely destroyed. The, f- the, f- the, very, the very notion of such a possibility has to be broken down to its bare bones. And no longer should we be misyaches, should we relate ourselves to Avram Avinu in that way that he was chosen in such a way. Rather, from now on, it's Havaya. From now on, it's Taras Maisha. That's the Amuna that Matzah brings to us, and that itself is the Rafua. Because the, the sickness that the Jewish people carry with them is the sickness that comes from the thought that it could have been someone else. That it could have been someone else. That if the Rabbanu Shalom knew all the Inyanim that I'm going to carry with my life, he probably wouldn't have, would have, wouldn't have chosen me. It just happens to be there's such a thing as free will. So Hashem like sort of just pretends he doesn't know. And so now, you know, uh, so now it's like sort of, it just worked out that way. It's a microbalma. That's the, that's the sickness that we have to repair. And the repair of that sickness is to realize it's Havaya, it's Hayyahaviya. All there is was God. And all there is is the Jewish people. Hashem Echad, and this is why the secret of matzah, the matzah that we eat is not, not the matzah that they were commanded to eat the first night. Rather, it's the matzah that it happens to be they ate after the first night. What do I mean? Because when the Jewish people are leaving Mitzrayim, and it happens to be that they don't have chametz, and they have no choice but to make matzah, if you ask them, Yidin, is it be'etzim that you're eating matzah? Or is it just a mikra ba'alma? They would say it's just a mikra, it's just a coincidence. I mean, it didn't have to be. It happens to be... The situation worked out that we're eating matzah. But it could have been different. If it's a mitzvah, if the Rabbanu told us, commanded us, last night, the Jewish would say, last night that matzah was batzah. But today's matzah, it's a mikra balma. The whole pnimius of Pesach is that there is no such thing as mikra in terms of your relationship with the Rabbanu Shalom. It's all be'etzim. And therefore the matzah that we eat, which is be'etzim, you're commanded to, you have no choice, that's a revelation that the matzah that they ate after the first night, which at the time felt like a mikra ba'alma, it was also be'etzim. Because that's the inn of matzah. It's to repair the matzah rivas, to repair the conflict that might come with the thought or the possibility that I, of, of having to acknowledge the question of why did you marry this person? When I'm a bacher, the question is legitimate. Why am I going out? But once you're married, das is das. It's your right hand. 
is your right hand. It is who you are. Why, why am I here? The very question is flawed. The very question is flawed. That's the mikra, that's the mechiyas ha-molek that we're trying to do with achilles matzah. It's a mechiyas ha-molek. And this is why matzah of all mitzvahs remains deraisa. The Karm Pesach is no longer in existence. Morar is Lomid Rabbanah. Matzah is deraisa. Matzah is kayam. Because matzah does not acknowledge a possibility of there being any breakdown at all in the Yisiachsos, in the Yich between us and the Rabbanah Shalom. It's kulay. It always was echad. It's havaya. It's unbreakable. It's absolutely unbreakable. Matzah is always deraisa. Matzah is always deraisa. This is again the secret of why Shabbos and Pesach are united. Because what is Shabbos? Shabbos is this Indian of Yichud. Shabbos is this Indian that there's no kashas, there's no, there's no buyer on Shabbos. There's no psoilus, there's no possibility of there being anything else. Dos is dos. That's the secret of Shabbos. It's Oisi Beinu Vemene Yisrael. It's Beinu Vemene Yisrael. Oisi Vemene Yisrael. Oisi Vemene Okay. But that's the ultimate avoid of Pesach. Let me, let, me, let me share with you a quick maisa. There's a maisa like this that the... Um, which one? Purim and Pesach. Purim Pesach. Yeah, that's the thing of Purim and Pesach, right? That the whole Indian of Purim and Pesach is that the, what, what start... It's all about Mechia Samolik, right? That, that's what I'm trying to say. It's all about Mechia Samolik, right? So Mechia Samolik begins... Amolik ha, the, the Mikra, the general Mikra of Amolik, which is everything is a quintessence. That we overcome with Purim. But then, um, then Amalek now disguises itself in a more subtle klipa of Mikra, which is Midian. And Pesach is the Yitzhiya Mitzrayim. But it's not just the Yitzhiya Mitzrayim, it's the Yitzhiya of Midian to allow ourselves to ultimately never fall into that place of Mitzrayim. So there are quick mice. The mice is like this. There's, um, there was two, two brothers that were Tamid of Hashem. Two brothers that were Tamid of Hashem. They were, they were Tamid of in their own right, very big Tamid of They came from a family of Tamid of and so they had a younger sister, to make a long story short, they had a younger sister that was of marriageable age. So they went to the Baal Shem to get a bracha for their sister to get married. So the Baal Shem says, I'll do you, you know, I'll raise you. And not only I'll give you a bracha, you should get married, I'll tell you who the chassan is. Okay, so the Baal Shem writes on a piece of paper, a name, a particular shtetl that the person is in. Fine, so they, they bring their sister, they go to the shtetl, you know, whatever, uh, whatever the name is, Yankel, whatever it is, Yankel Moshe, so fine. They're looking for this guy, who's, where's Reb Yankel? This is a Reb Yankel, you sure there's a Reb Yankel here? There's, there's a Yankel, there's no Reb Yankel. So, what, so they finally meet this guy, sweet kid, sweet kid. Mamish Amarts, complete Amarts, doesn't know anything, Mamish nothing. Sweet as sugar, but a big Amarts. Not really such a shidduch with the family, but they're chesidim from Baal Shem. And, uh, and even the sister wasn't necessarily chesidista, but she was, at that time, you could get away with these things. You tell her what she's marrying, and she's getting married, finished. So that's what happened. So they make the chasin. Fine. So the Shevrach is going to be back by the Kal's family, by the Baal Shem. So the Baal Shem is by Shevrach, the first Shevrach. And so the chasin is sitting next to Baal Shem. And the Baal Shem says to the chasin, no, Zagapis. Say it, Tyra, right? It's the minute the chassan says. So the guy says, Rabbi, I don't know anything. So the Balsham says, okay, don't worry about it. So the Balsham takes a napkin, puts it over his face for a second. All of a sudden, you know, his eyes, like, you know, glaze over. He starts saying Tyra. I'm deep Tyra. So fine half hour goes, the Shikotar is over. You know, he wakes up, he's like, what what I say, you know? Fine. That's the first thing. Comes the second day, Shabrochus. It's right there. Balsham says, no, chassan zog I don't know anything. It's not a problem. Takes a napkin, does the whole shtick again. 
goes like this all seven days of Shabbos like this. So after Shabbos is over, so the, the, the Baal Shem calls the Chassan into his room. He says, listen, you're marrying into a Chassan of the family. They're telling me the Chachamim. The brother-in-laws, you know, the father. It's ultimately the Chachamim. And I know that you're not, you're not a Talmud Chachamim. So you probably think, well, those days of Shabbos, what was I doing? It was a Maifas. I was like somehow using my napkin to like put Tyra into you. Baal Shem, that's not what I was doing. You have Tyra. You are a Talmud Chachamim. Maze time she, uh, the way the Hashgacha Pratis worked it is that you were raised in, a, in a, an environment, in a place, in a background where you didn't allow that Torah to manifest. You didn't allow that Torah to reveal itself. All I did wasn't a big mifus. He said, all I did was to take my napkin and just clear away the mechitzas between you and the Torah that you have. So once you got a taste of what you had, idach perusha zil gemaris. Now go to yeshiva and, and unearth it on your own. And that's the mice that he became, they say, one of the big Tamid of that's what Pesach is. Pesach, Pesach is not the, now, now I'm becoming a year. I have to begin to serve Hashem to climb to our Sinai. Pesach is das is das. Pesach is Havaya. Pesach is whatever you're going to be, whatever Madregis and Hasagis and Giluyim and Tzitkis that you're going to have, you already have. And the Revolution didn't choose you because of something that you're going to eventually accomplish. Das is das. You're Hashem's right hand. Kiviach. So it's not, the question itself is what? What's your avayda? Live up to that. Recognize that. Be a right hand. Acknowledge that. That's your avayda Pesach. No. Hashem should bless each and every one of us. We should like to get out of a clip of Mitzrayim. But we have to know that to get out of Mitzrayim, you could fall back into Mitzrayim. The Iker secret of Pesach is to get out of the clip of Midyam. Which we should just as Moshe Rabbeinu in his first incarnation came to the world to break that clip when Moshe Rabbeinu comes back as Rav Shimon, and he comes back as the Rizal, and he comes back as the Baal Shem, and Rabbi Nachman, all the Tzaddikah Hadaris, all the Yechidah Hadaris, and all the Tzaddikah of the generation, that's the Iker Indian that that Nisham is coming to be Misaki. Moshe Rabbeinu's job is to give us Torah, but the way he gives us Torah is by revealing to us that of course, that, that, of course we should have Torah. There's no possibility of us not having Torah. That's how Moshe Rabbeinu gives us Torah. We deserve to Makash ourselves as Deacon like that, to makash ourselves to that deeper truth within ourselves, experience life like that, and be zarech that yitzis mitzrayim, that yitzis midyan. Can we say some merit somewhere in the forest? Be this God said that. Barachim, meher vimenu amen. Amen.